We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Emergency pod, Andy Lou. The Warriors have officially named a successor to Bob Myers. For Adrian Wojnarowski at five in the morning. It's a good pick. Mike Dunleavy will be the new GM of the Golden State Warriors. Who's the who's the Mike Dunleavy? Who's Mike Dunleavy? Obviously, oh, Mike no. Dunleavy. Oh no! You're not gonna say. You're not gonna say Tom. Obviously, in this analogy, Mike Dunleavy is uh, you know Tom Wom- Womgams uh, <laughs> taking over, which of course means I'm the eldest boy. <laughs> I am the eldest boy. Do you think Kirk did that this morning? <laughs> so the news broke at 5 a.m. Uh, Kirk goes into Joe's office. And actually, no, bedroom. Yeah, let's assume they're in the same. Goes into Joe's bedroom this morning. Oh, man. That is. Uh... Hey, look, if there is one thing about Mike Dunleavy, hey, pull that picture back up again of Mike, of old Mike, our, our, our good friend, our old friend. Uh, Real Warriors fans know Mike Dunleavy Jr., the one thing about Mike Dunleavy Jr., if there's one thing I know that he can do, that Bob Myers can do, that man's got great hair. He's got great hair. I, I mean, mean, he might lose it, but he's got great hair. Yeah, he's in his 40s, not a single gray. Uh, as someone who's not even to their 40s yet and is fighting this battle, I'm more <laughs> impressed by it every day. I look at Bob's hair, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That dude's pushing 50, and it's still just full, full head, no grays. And we know Joe's texting him at five in the morning. Like, how has he not gone gray? Um, but, you know, if they posted an ad for GM on Indeed, it seems like qualifications are like six, seven or taller, full head of hair, multi-positional player, you know, good passer, got to be a uh, point forward in the front office. You know, Joe Lacob, Joe Lacob is like Clay Thompson. He's just thirsty for shots. 
at all times. You know, he's going to be texting you at all hours. So I need, I need someone who can really connect a connective player. You know, we're looking for a, we're looking for an Iguodala type of GM here. Right. Although I don't know, is Andre losing his hair? I don't know. He might, he might not be. Yeah, I think he's bald, right? I think Andre is a different story. <laughs> yeah, both him, both him and Draymond are trending that way. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, we joke about the succession thing, but like, High-level thoughts, none of this is surprising, right? Like, I'm – the only thing that was surprising to me is it took until the 16th of June for this to come out. Like, uh, I think I was texting you earlier this week, and I was like, kind of weird they haven't announced it yet. That doesn't feel great, you know, because Bob announced he was stepping away three weeks ago over, right? And anyone plugged in with the team is like, they're probably just going to elevate Mike and Kirk. They'll probably make Mike the top guy and Kirk will get, you know, kind of elevated influence, but those guys were already kind of the number two and the number three anyway. So how much is really changing? Um, and it took him a couple of weeks to get here, but yeah, we're here. Yeah. With a week before draft, I mean, less than a week at this point, we're, we're, we're doing this on a Friday, uh, should be coming out on Friday night. And, um, it, it's, it's a little weird. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm worried or concerned because it feels like if it's Mike Dunleavy, then he's probably been doing this job for weeks now, right? It's it's yeah. I would assume it's like any other corporate job. When you get promoted for something, you're probably have had already been doing it for a couple weeks. I mean, everybody's always salty. Maybe they feel like they should gotten paid before. So maybe Mike, maybe the holdup here was that they were negotiating contract, if I had to guess. Um, but he was yeah. probably I'm doing sure. the, the thing anyway. If if I was to guess, I'm sure Joe threw a lower figure at him because you know he's not experienced. He's not he's not a four time champ like Bob. You know all that sort of stuff. And and Mike probably uh, under the guidance of Joe was like, I can get a little more money out of him if I if I just like am non committal for a little bit. So any end of day, we ended up here, and we know these guys have been hyper involved in all the draft stuff anyway. Um, it would have been really weird if they didn't announce it before the draft. And then we were getting to the situation where Bob's leaving on July 1st and they haven't done anything, you know? Um, that so, would be a shocker. That would be. Whew. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's good that they checked off the box. Now, now on to Mike. Now, I guess we can talk about him, but um, you mentioned it and, and I've talked about it. My my first reaction every time I see Mike Dunleavy is to think about how much we all hated him as a player, you know, like he was in some ways like the avatar for the shittiness that was the Kohan era. I think as I get older, it's not really fair to him. It's just more that like, you know, Yao Ming gets drafted. They take him third after Yao, even though they're, you know, they had a worse record and the Warrior fans thought they could get Yao Ming, that sort of thing. And you watch him play, and it's pretty clear, you know, he's not Larry Bird. You're not going to save the franchise, you know? Um, and then he he took shots at the fans saying, like, they shouldn't yeah. boo him. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like, you know, I mean, you know, it's like when you root for a crappy team. Like, someone, most of the anger is truly, like, you're mad at shitty ownership. But someone's got someone's to take it on the court, whether it's a coach or a player. Yeah, I look, you got to be a little bit of an older. I'm not a super old Warriors fan, but like I was I was coherent at that time. And I was like the first time I started watching Warriors basketball. Dude, I hated him, man. I mean, I was a lot younger <laughs> then, but I hated sure. him. It was just uh, this guy is supposed to be the guy that's I, I remember the Dunn right. Murphy. I mean, we joke with Dunn, Dunn Kirk, but like him and Troy Murphy were both 
You know, they ended up actually Dunleavy ended up being a good basketball player towards the good end role of his player. career. Way, yeah, way further out than the war his Warriors career, which was only like four seasons, I think. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as a warrior, he was he was terrible. He was he was awful. He was a role player miscast as a star, kind of like Andre Godala. Just Andre was way better at all those things. Um, sure, just miscast as a star player. So I think if you're an older Warriors fans in your 30s, you definitely remember Mike Dunleavy. 40s. And it is it is weird 40s 50s it is um it is odd that the circle comes around to that he's Mm -hmm. now the gm of the warriors now part of me is like does he feel this doesn't even matter but i'm just i'd be curious does he feel any type of not remorse but does he have any feelings towards his tenure as a warrior or just does he not care? Does is he just well? I was Bob Myers' friend. I got hired, and this is the quickest way I could be a GM, right? Like maybe like that's all he cares about, and I want to do a good job. Or, or is he like, or, you know, what I mean like, or is he like, oh, or is okay, it, does I, he want I, that like redemption story where it's like I want to, I want to prove to all them that they were wrong about me. Like I'm sure. maybe, maybe I wasn't the star player, but I could be the the star executive. Star executive. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't give a shit, but I wonder if he if he thinks about that at all. It's certainly yeah. his press conference is on Monday. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's also a lifer. Like his dad was a coach. I tend to think he's just a basketball guy through and through, you know, like, I don't know if he thinks too much about like, yeah, those five years I spent in golden state were rough. You know, I, he might just get a laugh out of it. Like, man, when I played, this was a joke organization. Now we're like deep pockets and like one of the, you know, three, four, like premier organizations like who who knows like it's gonna be interesting to get to know him because he's kind of been on the periphery at least in terms of the public eye uh and you hear things about him and most of the things you hear about him uh suggest that you know the fans will like his basketball vision you know he seems like a guy who really values multi-positional versatility shooting iq all the things that he kind of was as a player all the things that kind of define the Warriors when they're good, you know, those type of things. Now it's a question of like, will he get those players? How good is like everyone can say they like it on paper. What matters is if you can make it happen, right? Can you, can you identify the people that can do that? I mean, he was the one that drafted Jordan Poole and you know how I feel about Jordan Poole, but Jordan Poole is a hit. He is 28th yeah. pick, an absolute hit. He's going to be, I think, a very good player somewhere else next season. But man, he, that, that's like, that's a great way to kind of, I think, and, and maybe part of that is PR. Maybe Bob's just kind of mm-hmm. saying like, hey, he was the guy that did it. But as far as we know, Mike Dunleavy's the guy that drafted Jordan Poole, and he now has the keys to the kingdom. You would think. And I seem to recall he was known for being very high on guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Devin Vassell Ooh. in the Wiseman draft. Um, now, you never know if it's just like, I like that guy. That doesn't mean he would have took him number two or he would have done sure. anything different than Bob. But like, if those are player assessments of, hey, these guys are good. I mean, it's a, it's a good assessment, right? You know, that sort of thing. So it's like, you know, I'm, that's not to say Bob didn't like those guys. That's not to say Lacob didn't like those guys. They clearly made the determination. They liked Wiseman's upside more than trading down for those guys, um, which, you know, we, we've, we've relitigated enough. Yeah, no, no. Um, but we'll no. see. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look. Good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit 
way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I just got some pairs. And let me tell you, little skeptical, tried them on a hundred times better than I could have ever imagined. Just the like, I will be wearing nothing else all summer. Unbelievable. Sam is Fendiari, Bird Dogs. So where can you get it? Go to birddogs.com slash pool. And enter promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash POOL, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I'm not negative on this. I think we'll find out over the next 12 to 18 months uh, if this works. Because I my, my honest feeling is uh, this could go two ways. It could be like the Celtics where, you know, Ainge ran its course, but they went internal with Stevens and they have their own issues, but I personally just don't think they have a superstar. Like that's a bigger issue, but like their continuity is working that way. Or it could go like kind of how the giants went with Sabian to Evans, you know, they promoted within and that guy just didn't work out. And then they're finally like, you know what? We got to go external, you know, that sort of thing. So that's kind of how I look at someone like, you know, if Dunleavy works, it's great. They're going to keep the pipeline coming through the front office. Uh, if Dunleavy is a flop, you know, he makes a terrible trade that ends the dynasty and they're in this net negative situation. I would be surprised if the next hire isn't like a correct, get like a Daryl Morey outside correct. or something like correct. that, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to one up you though. I think we find mm-hmm. out in, in six days um, how this tenure is going to go Ooh. real fast, Draft real fast. Draft. You think draft night? I'm I'm willing to give him I'm willing to give him six weeks get through free agency. But <laughs> no, no, as in as in that how this tenure is going to go for Mike Dunleavy. I think we're going to find mm-hmm. out in six days who he is. Um, if they stamp Pat at 19, I'm going to sit across from you and tell you that yeah, there's really no difference here between him and him and Bob. Most likely, um, th- there's just they're going to kind of do. If he goes to the podium and cries about uh, this guy's life story that they, life story. they heard over pizza. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, tell me that. Tell me that he he speaks Japanese or something. I, no, right. So, but if he, if he swings a trade, you know, he swings a trade Wednesday. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and I don't know if it'll work, but I'm gonna say it's a brand new. You talked about kind of the the more aggressive approach. It's a brand new regime, right? So, um, if they trade up, I don't actually know what to say. We'll deal with it when the, when we get there. Or if they trade down, they trade out. Um, so I do think we find out in six days, like what. What the hell are we going to get from Mike Dunleavy Jr.? It's going to happen fast. Results, I don't know of, of what happens, but... Sure. I might hate it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah. They, they um, have the opportunity. You talked about Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton. They have the opportunity to draft that version of player if they want to. at Either at 19 or if they want to trade up to, to 12, right? Because that's where <laughs> Vassell and, and, and sure. Tyrese were kind of at. So There's all... I mean... Every draft, there's a handful of guys who get picked in the teens um, who can play immediately. Uh, that's the job. Be the guy who figures out which one of these guys can actually be that guy, right? Like, it's saying the draft is a crapshoot. I think it's kind of BS to say it's a crapshoot because certain teams seem to always make the right decision and other teams seem to kind of not, you know? Oh, I mean, okay, so, he's real good at it, right? Okay, she yeah. hits year in, year out. Right, so. Yeah, they're, no one bats a thousand, but. You know, they're leading the league in batting average. I'll put it that way yep. uh, on the draft. 
I think, and and the other notable thing, and we've we've been talking about this, and we're going to do a lot of pods between now and free agency, just because it seems like it's going to be a very active period for the Warriors. The most notable thing right now is there are names out there a lot, and I'm not used to the Warriors' name being out there a lot with Bob Myers at in charge. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni put it out there in his mock draft, and then he said it on the low post. You hear from everyone the Warriors are being super aggressive in talks. They're talking to everyone. Seems like they want to swing something. They're letting everyone know we want win now players enough with the two timeline stuff. You know, whether that's reading between the lines, like that's what he is saying. And then a uh, friend of the show, KOC, who's actually going to come on Sunday night, um, was saying he's hearing they're like exploring trading out of the pick. I think those are two sides of the same conversation, to be honest. But I think. Um, those are two people who do pretty good reporting. Um, at minimum, we could say the Warriors seem way more active than they have in the past. And maybe that maybe that's a Don Levy thing. Maybe that's like, you know what? Um, the the pragmatic Stan Pat approach, that's not for me. I'm looking at this roster. If we run this back and just go sign a vet minimum, we're 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 gonna be like three games better. It's not really going to make a difference. I need to, I need to look at this in a you know bigger picture lens, and and maybe that's where they land here. I, I do think maybe it's more of the latter. I think um, they're in a situation where they have to be aggressive with some of these moves, some of these mm-hmm. trades versus where they're at a couple of years ago. But again, like we said, the same thing two years ago, and they didn't do jack shit, and they just signed Ooh. Otto Porter and Nemanja Bjelica, and then went ahead and won the championship. So. You know, maybe they end up doing that again, but you've got to bat a thousand on some of those moves, right? Actually, they didn't even bat a thousand. I mean, they still had Wiseman on the team who ended up getting hurt. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of, it wasn't, it you wasn't can lucky, always, but yeah. You can always say with Bob Myers, he didn't make a lot of moves, but the big ones he made were slam dunks. Iguodala, slam dunk. Kevin Durant, slam dunk. D'Lo for Wiggins, slam dunk. He's not, you know, he didn't do the, uh, Daryl Morey, every trade deadline I'm doing stuff thing. Um, but when he made his moves, they were they were they were killer moves. Let's see what Dunleavy has. That's kind of where I'm at with it. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Last month, Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code Light Years for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Speaking of, uh, speaking of two. Two years ago, around this time, two years ago, you and I were potting about every potential player they could trade for. I believe it was Bradley Beal week this time of year. Where are we back to now? It's always Bradley Beal week 
on the Light Years Pod. So, <laughs> um, I want to put a plug here. You guys should subscribe to our friends at Dub Nation HQ. They do a, a it's a Substack newsletter every morning. Warriors contact content. They aggregate stories. They write original stuff. You guys probably know all the writers. They're all old school uh, Golden State of Mind writers back from when Andy wrote there, Eric Apricot, Nate, uh, Punk Basketball, those guys. Like it, it aligns with, I think, how most of our listeners probably consumed Warriors content 12, 15 years ago. Um, the newsletter is excellent. It's fun. And uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with them. Um, and so today's newsletter they aggregated kind of all the free agency and trade talk stuff that's been going on. And the popular one is Bradley Beal's going to get traded. And a few people have been posing Beal to the Warriors. I get it. Why? Um, Bradley Beal's game would thrive in Steve Kerr's system. Undoubtedly, whatever you think the best version of Bradley Beal is, you know, motion offense, cutting, moving, like that's going to bring it, right? God, you, you really hate Bradley Beal. <laughs> I have a new take. I have a new take. I'm coming up with brand new takes. That's why I have a new one today, Sam. So awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, anyway, so I get why his name's out there. Unclear if the Warriors view it this way because the negative to Bradley Beal is the Wizards gave him a putrid contract, and it's just like one of those things where it's like acquiring him will make you thinner on the back end of your roster. So the proposed trade is Clay Thompson and Kuminga. For Bradley Beal, where are you at with something like this, Andy? All right. All right. So last show, we talked about why I wouldn't do the Bradley Beal trade. This show, um, my new perspective on this, because for the life of me, I couldn't understand why guys like Jay Williams, Bill Simmons. I was just woke up this morning. I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he brings up the Beal trade to the Warriors uh, twice. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why national media keeps bringing up Bradley Beal to the Warriors. Bradley, because two years ago when me and you talked about it, nobody talked about it. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. It wasn't a thing. He all he also hadn't got that huge contract. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, now why are they talking about it repeatedly? Why to the Warriors? To me, it feels like Bradley Beal just wants to be a Warrior. When stuff like this comes out, I think it's just Bradley Beal's camp pushing, trying to push him to a team that. We know Bradley Beal wants to win, or maybe we think we know Bradley Beal wants to win. Um, and the team that he feels like he can put over the hump, the Warriors, who could not score against the Lakers, and the reason why they ended up losing in the second round, Bradley Beal probably feels like I can be a lot better than what Jordan Poole provided. I can be a lot better than what Clay Thompson provided. I can be that guy. It feels like that's what Bradley Beal wants. I'm unsure if that's what the Warriors want for obvious reasons. Um, I definitely wouldn't do it for Clay, though. But you can convince me of Jordan Poole uh, and a pick, but I don't. Why would the Wizards do that? They're still getting money back. You have to throw in Kaminga, the type of stuff, right? Like maybe pulling Kaminga, but I. I so first off, doing it for Clay. Uh, how do I put this? Uh, mean you're not moving pool in a different trade either way, because my my general feeling on Bradley Ooh. Beal is wow. Beal. There, three guards have scored over 30 points a game in the last like five years. Obviously, Steph, Dame, and Brad Beal. You got Brad Beal and Steph Curry. That's I mean, that's better offense than Stephen Clay. That's more shot creation. That's that's higher level scoring. Now, you could argue it might not be a better overall team, 
and I'm not willing to disagree with you there, but like, if you have someone like that, you probably don't need a six man who's looking for as many shots as someone like Jordan Poole. So yeah, okay. I could see I could see the argument where they'll be more of a big two type of team. It's like those two, and you're trying to get more guys like Wiggins and Draymond who just connect the whole thing. You know, I could see something like that making sense. Um, my big question with Bradley Beal is. The last two years, he's only averaged 23 points, and he only played 90 games over two years. Is that because the Wizards are garbage and he's getting shut down and they just don't care to compete? And, like, quite frankly, a lot of the same things that we would have said you could say about um, Wiggins in Minnesota, right? He wasn't inspired, that sort of thing. Is he, like most guards, just kind of on a downward trajectory? He turned 30 this year. Yeah, he averaged 30 points per game three years ago. Is he beyond his best years? You know what I'm saying? I don't, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but like if you think he is a player who, you know, it's like the Wiggins situation, it's a dumpster fire and no one's trying. And you get him in a warrior situation where stakes matter and you could bring the best out of him. I'm intrigued by that. If you tell me there's some underlying physical stuff and his hammy's always an issue and that sort of stuff, I want nothing to do with that because all that tells me is you're about to have a, an expensive dude who's missing a bunch of time and all those issues and say what you want about how Clay finished the season. <laughs> I'm not worried about Clay's body even after two injuries. That dude is an Iron Man in terms of always being on the court. When I, like literally the only times he's not on the court is if a tendon is torn or if like Rick Celebrini's like we're forcing you to sit. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's, I agree with you. He's not my first choice, but I could, you know, if the, if, if the price gets so low that you're not even including future picks, like it's literally just give them one prospect. Expiring. Um, yeah. And an expi- like throw in Moody or something. Okay. Or like Kuminga. Yeah. Like literally just Kuminga and one of your big contracts, clay or pool. You have to at minimum consider it. Cause that's not like, like Brad Beal is not the guy you you give like all right I'm going to give you three firsts and all this sort of stuff but like if the price is that low it's intriguing. I mean not not with that contract but I, I, I but okay True. so <laughs> I think I would do the I think I you could convince me Paul and Kaminga but but you you mentioned something at the top of your your um your take there if you do Clay for Beal and I don't know again I don't know why the Wizards do that maybe throwing a pick but and then you can move Paul and Kaminga somewhere else for. And, and some more picks for an OG on an OB. Um, now you've got your two creators. You've got two, three, four great defenders with Wiggins and OG, Draymond, and then Looney, right? Exactly. So now you've got throw GP2 really into their five great defenders. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> missed you on GP2. Maybe you have to throw GP2 in the mixed salaries match. I don't know, but let's say GP2 still on the team. You've got five great defenders, and then you've got two. You know, you've got one all-time shot creator, and then you've got, like you said, one of the best shot creators shot uh, in the NBA and Bradley Beal. When he's healthy, you assume he's healthy. He's only 29. I, I, I guess that he's just been sitting. If I had to guess, he's just been sitting out games because the team sucks. Any any little nagging injury, he's just going to say that he's out. If I had to guess. Um, yeah. That's so, kind of how I feel about it, too. Yeah. Nothing nothing about what the Washington Wizards experience, like, Inspires, du- inspires, inspires dudes to kill themselves, right? Like to play. So you I don't know. That's into that uh, shot uh, roster construction, though. What you just said, like it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of movement, but but I, mm-hmm. you know, is that a championship team? Maybe, maybe. It's a talent upgrade. 
Um, yes. They come together. Yeah. And, and we do know I, this is not a hidden thing. Both Steph and Draymond wanted Beal two, three years ago when we were talking like, do they make the pick or do they trade the pick? That sort of thing. They wanted Bradley Beal. They respect his game. Now, it's been over two years. They could also be like, yeah, maybe you just want to get buckets and like chill, you know, like, so maybe their perspectives change, but like, I understand the appeal of him. He, he is a pure three level scorer. He can pass the ball. He can move off ball when he wants to, like he has the traits of someone who plays like their player. It's just a question of is his body right? And does he want to do it? Right. Yeah. Does he defend? Can he close with, cause again, there's so many questions. I, I think Sam, I think you've talked me into, there, there are different routes here. I think mm-hmm. I do that kind of see what pool and coming. can get us see if you can get off the clay contract or see if who coming and get you peel. Anyway, I, God, we're doing this again. I've talked myself back into time. Peel. time right back into it. We're trading yeah. two years ago. Should we trade the number seven pick for Bradley Beal? No, take Kuminga. Now, should we trade Kuminga for Brad? It's it, time is really a circle. All right, we're gonna end it there. Appreciate everyone. We'll be back. A lot of stuff from us the next two weeks. Uh, hopefully, good stuff. Mm-hmm.